We have a rule. Very often we are introduced to different people in Tanakh. And the Torah just suffices in telling us a story which involves that person. But if you want to know how we meant to view that person. As a Tzaddik, as a Rasha, as a Bainani. So the way to do that is to look to see how Chazal describes the person. And Chazal give us the key provide the perspective through which we meant to look at that person's actions and that person's life. And that's how we see sometimes Chazal finding fault with somebody, which we don't see Umafurish in the Pasuk. And that is a way for us to now view everything about that person. And sometimes Chazal praise the person. And that also provides the key for the way we meant to now look at everything relating to that person. So that introduction, in this week's parish, in Parashas Pinchas, we have a story which, on the face of it, it looks like a regular story. We have the five daughters of Tzlavchat. And they come to us, Moshe. Do they deserve a part of the land of Eretz Israel because they have no brothers? Moshe doesn't know, he goes to ask Hashem. And Hashem says, yes, in the case of the no sons, then the daughters are the heirs of the property, of the father. But if you look to Chazal, then maybe it's one of the most elaborate praises that anybody ever gets in Tanakh was the praise given to the daughters of Tzlavchat. So for example, in the passage where it says that Hashem agreed with what they said, and he said, Cain speaking correctly. So Chazal say, fortunate is the person that HaKadosh Baruch Hu agrees with what they say. We find this expression by other people too, in the Torah. In next week's parish we find it again. When the Shavit of Yosef came to ask who the daughters of Slachot would marry, so there also we find the Lashon, Cain B'nai Yosef Dovrim, that they asked him correctly. And here we don't find Chazal emphasize, fortunate is the person that Hashem agrees with him. Similarly, Chazal praised Nishlachot, that they came to ask for part of Israel. You see from here that the women, they were special. Whereas the men rejected Israel. You see in the story of the spies, that they wanted to run from the battle and return to Egypt. But Nashim the woman appreciated the land. You see that the Bnei Slav had asked for Nacht in Eretz Yisrael. And here I want to ask a question. I want to stand up for the men. I think it's an unfair comparison. The men were the ones who would have to go to war. And they get told, you're going to meet giants. People who consider you to be locusts. And they were incredibly strong. And you're going to be the ones who are going to be on the front lines trying to fight these giants. We understand the men were terrified. We understand they wanted to run away from such a conflict. And when it comes to the women, we're talking about when Klai Israel eventually gets Israel, how are we going to apportion the territory? Who's going to get land? And the ladies say, we want land. Well, who wouldn't want land? If it's being given out, of course, it's land that is valuable. So why is it fair to say that the men 
didn't appreciate Eretz Yisrael in the moment that the circumstances are very different. But I want to ask another question too. And that is Chazal, we're not yet done with the appraisal of Eretz Yisrael. Chazal also tell us that they were Chachmanias, they were clever. And what was the Chachma? Is they, came, they came to Moshe Rabbeinu with an argument like this. And they said to Moshe Rabbeinu, our father died, he left no sons, just us five girls. So, if you consider us to be like children, then we deserve his Chayyuk and Eretz Yisrael. And if you don't consider us children, then let our mother do Yibam. And Chazal considered this a very uh, logical argument. You see, they were also Chachmanias, they were intelligent. Namdanias. And really, I don't understand the argument. What's the one going to do with the other one? There's one din, and that is the din of property. And on that, perhaps the din is that ownership goes to, goes to sons. There's another din, and that's the din of Yibum. If a person left no descendants in this world, and girls are descendants, why would the din of ownership of property be totally be dependent on the din of Yibum? That they, they came to ask the question that it can't be one without the other one. So let's try and understand the underlying principle of the parasha. And maybe also appreciate a little bit what Chazal was so impressed with the daughters of Tzlachot. Maybe we can also understand why Parashas Pinchas is always the parasha which begins the three weeks. So we know that the original tragedy of Klai Yisrael was the Maisim Meraglim. The Maisim Meraglim, which was characterized by the fact that when the spies came back and they gave the report negative about Klai Yisrael, and all the people who cried on that night, and on that Chazal tell us that Hashem decided a night where Klai Yisrael all cri- cried for nothing. Klai Yisrael all cried not to go into Israel is going to be established as a night of crying. What was so bad about crying about Eretz Yisrael? If you want to talk about the fact that they believed Lashon Hara, the fact that they wanted, they rebelled against Hashem, whatever you're going to put the place, this is what they did wrong. We can understand. That's not what Chazal said. Chazal said what Chazal did wrong, that they cried. What's so bad about crying? The morale explains that the first door of Klai Yisrael, the door which came out of Mitzrayim, they were the ones who established what Klai Yisrael is. What happened to them became intrinsically a part of Klai Yisrael. And all the later generations which followed after them, so to speak, took from them the identity that they established of what Klai Yisrael is meant to be. 
And that's why anything we have from that original dough remains until today part and parcel of Klai Yisrael. So if, for example, that was the dough which experienced Yisrael Mitzrayim, were witness to the miracles of Yamsuf, that became part of Klai Yisrael. The fact that we experienced Mitzrayim. They were the dough who stood at the foot of Harsina and received the Torah. And the Torah became part of Klai Yisrael too, as did Mammon Harsina. They were the door who saw how HaKadosh Baruch Hu could look after us in the Midbar. And that also became an intrinsic part of Klai Yisrael. And says the Maral, they were also the door who were meant to go into Eretz Yisrael. And had that happened, had that first door which came out of Mitzrayim be also been the door to go into Eretz Yisrael, then Eretz Yisrael would also have been an inseparable part of Klai Yisrael. There wouldn't have been a further Chorban. Because that door, so to speak, defined, laid down the rules for what Klai Yisrael is. And had that door gone into Eretz Yisrael, then that would have become part of what Klai Yisrael is as well. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Because when that door received the damning report of the Miraglim, and they chose, we don't want to go into Eretz Yisrael. Not just that, they cried. And they chose to go back to Mitzrayim. So then they showed that Eretz Yisrael wasn't part of their identity. On the contrary, they ran away from it. And that's why, says the Maral, even if later on, Klai Yisrael would go into Eretz Yisrael, but it would be something which wasn't an intrinsic part of Klai Yisrael. It would be something which Klai Yisrael could later lose. And that's what set up the possibility of Khorban. You cried about the fact you didn't want to go into Eretz Yisrael, you showed Eretz Yisrael wasn't important to you. And then, Henceforth, Eretz Yisrael wouldn't be considered part of what the identity of the Jewish people is. Whereas those things which that first thought was Makabul and became part and parcel of the Jewish people, so Kai Yisrael have retained. They never lost again. We never lost Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. We never lost Matan Torah. That was the tragedy which foreshadowed all the future tra- tra- tragedies which befell us in Tishabah. But we need to understand that. Why, why, would, why would Eretz Yisrael have been a part of Klai Yisrael? What's so important about Eretz Yisrael that we're going to say that it should have been not just the place we were, but part of the identity of who we are? What's so valuable about Eretz Yisrael? So we look in the Torah and we see that the Torah tells us Something special in Eretz Yisrael, and that is, it's the Eretz Hashemene Hashem Elokechuba. It's the land on which the eyes of Hashem rest. Or in a different pasuk, the pasuk says that Bahanchel Elyon Goyim, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu set up the world into different nations, and He apportioned the world 
and gave different territories to different nations. Just like he created the nations. So he created a place for that nation to be. And if we were talking about the words of Khazal, that each nation has a sar, has so to speak a spiritual angel, who's responsible for it. So the territory of that nation is also under the jurisdiction of that sar. And what that means is if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to allocate to that nation whatever chiyos, whatever bracha, whatever life they're going to get. So in that territory where that sar is given control, is given jurisdiction, so the chiyos and the life which comes down to the place comes by that sar. Whereas Eretz Yisrael is not like that. Eretz Yisrael wasn't allocated to any sar. It wasn't allocated to any nation. It's the Eretz Asha'inei Hashem Elekechuba. It's the land where HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is focusing on. Without the agency of Asar. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted that land for Eretz Yisrael. Of Nei Yisrael. We're the nation who doesn't have Asar. And that means we get from Hashem directly. Not through the agency of anything else. And therefore, the right place for us to be would be that place where we can get from Hashem directly. And not through the agency of anything else. And once we understand that principle, we understand so many Gemaras in different parts of the Gemara, which revolve around this theme. For example, the Gemara in Ksuvus. The Gemara says in Ksuvus, A person who lives in Chutz is considered someone who doesn't have a God. He might be keeping Torah mitzvahs. He might be a loyal Jew. In what way is somebody in Chutzlar is considered as not to have an Eloika? I understand this principle. Because if a person is in Chutzlar, it means they aren't receiving directly from Hashem. They're receiving through the agency of the star of that country. And it's not the same thing as getting directly from Hashem. There's something missing in the ability to receive from Hashem. Another Gemara. The Gemara says on the Pasuk that people in Eretz Yisrael are considered alive. It's a place of life. And the Chutz is not a place of life. So much so that the Gemara says that when Rabbi Yechelon heard that the old people in Babel, Toma, he was surprised. The Pasuk says, that you should have lengthy lives in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a place where it's appropriate for people to live longer. Babel is not. How could it be that the old people in Babel? And the Gemara says, found an answer for that. Somebody the Gemara says, Tchiyas HaMesim only happens in Eretz Yisrael. Mesim Shavachutz Laretz Einam Chaim. And ask the Gemara, there were Tadikim and Chutz Laretz who were buried there too. And the Gemara is answering, getting service that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to make them tunnels under the ground to come to Eretz Yisrael. Because it's only in Eretz Yisrael that there's Tchir Why is it like that? We see in all these Gemaras the same underlying theme that there's life in Eretz Yisrael. And specifically in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because that life which is up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give directly is only in Eretz Yisrael. That's the place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives Himself. 
Whereas in Chotzlaret, whatever one receives in Chotzlaret is only through the agency of a Malach, of a Sar. And that's the tragedy that Klayeshul didn't understand. Had Eretz Yisrael been part of our identity, our identity would have been our identity would have been the fact that we get from Hashem directly. We don't want to get from anything else. And had that been our identity, then there wouldn't have been the possibility of getting from something else. Whereas, once Klai Yisrael rejected that, it no longer became part of our identity. So then, it didn't become something which was impossible for Klai Yisrael to get via some Barach, via some Sar, and not through Hashem Himself. And if you understand this, you can go back a step. Banam Mitzarim ends with Tishabaf. That was the day that they cried for nothing. But it starts with Shivasabatamus. And that came from the making of the eagle and the breaking of the Luchas. And in some small way there's a connection here. Because Klai Yisrael made an eagle because they didn't feel worthy to get from Hashem himself. They were looking for that intermediary. And that same mistake of not looking to take only from Hashem Himself, being willing to take from an intermediary, became the beginning of the mistake of why they didn't value Eretz Yisrael enough. They didn't value the importance of getting from Hashem directly. They wanted to take from an intermediary. Perhaps we can go a step further than that. We know that the primary mistake which led to the Chorban Abayis was Avodah Zarah. Okay, and it comes from that same source. Avodah Zarah was an intermediary. It was looking for something other than Hashem through which to get. That was a, a failing in the intrinsic nature of Klai Yisrael. But they didn't define themselves as a nation who could only get from Hashem and nothing else. And that was the start of the Chorban. Now we go back to what we said before. The men, the Gemara, the Pasuk tells us, the Gemara says, they weren't Mechabev Esaretz. Yes, it's true, they were faced, faced with the threat of battle. They were faced with the giants who lived in Eretz Yisrael. But if they had felt, there was no other way to live. This is intrinsically what Ta Yisrael needs. So then you wouldn't give up on it. It wasn't optional to back out. It wasn't something we could afford to surrender. Just like Klai Yisrael's allegiance to the Torah. We're loyal to the Torah through whatever it's going to take and whatever it's going to be. Because that's intrinsically who we are. Had we felt the same way about Eretz Yisrael, we're not going to get daunted by the fact that there's the giants. By the fact that we're going to have to fight, that would have shown that we consider Eretz Yisrael to be intrinsically a part of us. But when we're willing to give that up and run, so we say we're willing to be vatar in Eretz Yisrael, then it's not a part of us. And that was the beginning of the tragedy. The men who weren't Mechabev Esaretz. That's the one side. And if you understand that, now let's go back to understanding B'nai we ask the question, 
brought a logical argument. How do you want to explain? If you're going to say we consider children, then give us a chalik in Eretz And if you're going to say we not consider children, then I'm do yibum. And we asked before, what does the one have to do with the other? Why are they based? Why are they tahabahatayu? Why are they based on each other? And this is a good argument. So let's understand what they say. We know what the principle of yibum is. If a person dies, but he has children here in this world, then he has a continuation. He's still called alive because there's still a connection to people who are doing ter- learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. There's still a source of life for that person. The Gemara says, Mazara If his children are alive, he's alive too. And if Chas a person doesn't have children, then in some way he is not, he's no longer alive. He has no longer a connection to this world and an ability to do, to do more mitzvahs. Then we need Yibam. We need to bring that Neshama back down here again. So there's the connection again to this world. We understand that Chaim comes down to this world in Eretz Yisrael. If the Chaim which is coming from Hashem, it's coming to Eretz Yisrael. And if that's the case, we have a question. And our question is like this. If you're going to say that there's still a Hemshich of Chaim, a continuation of life to our father, because we still we are here, his daughters. Then we need the chelik in Eretz Yisrael because that's where the chaim is going to come from. And if you're going to say that a, a person doesn't isn't considered to be alive if he doesn't have a son, so then he needs yibum. That was the memon of Shech. That same concept of yibum, and that is that if a person is alive. Then we don't have to bring the Shama back down to this world. They're living on through their children. That means that it has to be a connection to Eretz Yisrael. Because that's the source of life. And now let's look to what Benesla says. They came to Moshe and they said, Ovinu meis midbar. He died in the Midbar. Is he dead or is he not dead? Does he have a connection to life or not? Because if you're going to consider us to be his children, that connects him to this world, then there has to be a connection to Eretz Yisrael. Because that, that's the place Hashem gives life. When Asati Tzvi Be'eret Zachai Have you brought the Pasuk before? And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to hear. It wasn't just a question of we want property. What HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to hear is that appreciation, that realization, that this is life. Cain benoist Slavchadoivros. Ah, they're saying good. They understand there is Yisrael. Like Chazal say, fortunate is the person that Hakadosh Baruch agrees to what they're saying. It's not a request. It's not that they asked for land. It's that they appreciate that life comes from Eretz Yisrael. The Nashim Chibu Asaritz. They realize the value of Eretz Yisrael. They realize the value that this is the place from which Hashem sends life, as opposed to the men. I've explained before. That's what HaKadosh Baruch was impressed by, with, them, by the, with them for. And that's a lesson for us to learn. Especially at the beginning of the three weeks. The life we want is life which comes from Hashem. 
not through some other agency. Not through a malach, not through a son. And just like a Kaddish Baruch told the Blessed the rewards that they were given for that understanding, yes, give them the Nachal of their father in Eretz Israel. They deserve a Chalik of Eretz. They can appreciate it. So, for us as well, if we can also appreciate the value of Eretz Israel, that this is the place you want to be, because this is Rachel Malziyon, he based Chayenu. That's the source of our life. That's the life which comes from Hashem Himself, and not through anything else. And we can one look for that, and we can appreciate that, and we can value life which comes from Hashem. We go back to appreciating Eretz Yisrael. That will again become part of our identity. We are already a step closer to the Golden. And Hashem will give us also back. Where is Hashem soon? A chelik in Eretz Yisrael.